Hello, my friends again, and thank you for joining us today on The Daily Dig, where each day we dig into God's Word, searching for truth that will encourage us to deepen our faith. We are living in trying times, and we must strive each day to draw our strength from God's Word. Come along with Jacob Smith as we dig into God's Word together. And welcome to another episode of The Daily Dig. We had talked previously in James chapter number five, and we kind of were giving both sides of how some may view this text. Uh, There is some disagreement. Some are pointing to the fact that this is a purely physical healing. And then some people are pointing to the fact that this is more of an emotional thing, a more emotional healing, uh, maybe psychological healing. And so uh, we want to be clear that as we go back and we read a couple of the passages, that this is a great opportunity for us to study the Word of God, ask the Lord to illuminate the Scripture for our hearts so that we can be uh, walking closely with the Lord, but also have the Spirit of God. He is our, He'll guide us into all truth. And so no matter where you land on this, I believe both are in context, both would would not be unbiblical because God is the God of miracles, uh, both physically, emotionally, mentally, all of the above. And so as we look into this, James chapter number five, verse number 16, we'll just read that just because uh, we got to it a little bit, but we'll hit on it again. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Yeah, so let's jump into verse 16, the confess your faults one to another, pray for another that you may be healed. This almost seems like if you just took this verse, you would think, man, this seems like we have to do all the work. And if you take it in context, in the context of the rest of the Bible, though, even in verse 15, we know that the Lord is the one actually doing the healing. But as we see from the New Testament, even the life of Jesus, There were cities that he walked out of, and Jesus had the power to heal, and he wanted to heal, but he said because of the unbelief and the lack of faith that he didn't heal. That's really good. And so these are these cannot be divorced. These things go together. God does not need us to heal. He is the God of healing. He has the power, but God wants us to have faith. And so whatever way you take this, you can know that God is still the miracle worker. He still provides and that we need to have faith. God wants us to have faith to see him work. And so whether this is a spiritual restoration or a physical restoration, we know that God is able to do both. And may we take great comfort in the fact that as we are, are speaking to our Christian brothers and sisters, we are confessing our faults one to another. We are praying for one another. And what are we praying for? We're praying for restoration. God's goal, whether it be a physical malady, is is ultimately healing. Now, I want to want to put a caveat there. I've been to churches all across this country where you have people that are dealing with illnesses, 
and we're praying, but sometimes we're praying, God, we, we don't know what your will is in this matter. We desire that you you heal us. And, you know, there are people that that battle discouragement. I know some of the great men of the faith that have gone before us have dealt with spiritual wounds, uh, depression even. And this is a real thing. But sometimes God, his plan is not to heal us this side of heaven. And so may we have the heart of Jesus and understand, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But he does say this, and he gives us great encouragement that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Let's tackle that word effectual. Yeah, every time I read this phrase, it convicts me. And when I think of this phrase, and we know this in our own life, David said this at times, and we, we see Elijah here is mentioned in the verse after. David said at times in his life that he asked the Lord to judge him based on his righteousness. And then he would say boldly that he wanted to be judged based on his righteousness because he knew he was clean. He knew that he had not put anything in his life, that there was nothing that the Spirit was convicting him that was between him and the Lord. And I wonder, in your life, when a friend asks you to pray for them, could you say with boldness, I, I'm standing before the Lord as righteous? That, that is a bold statement to make, and that takes confessing our faults, that takes keeping our mind and our eyes away from things that are impure, getting rid of sin. This verse just convicts me every time I think to pray for another person, and I think of this passage, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's something to be said about somebody who will give their entire life to God and make sure their life is righteous. And when they stand before God, that that they have God's ear, that they have this walk with God that is close. And, and we know the difference in our life. We know those times where we can't say that. And unfortunately, that that in our lives is sometimes more than we'd like to admit, that we really don't have this clean, open walk with God. We have God's ear. And and this is a whole separate study, but we do know that we, our prayers are answered and our prayers are unhindered when there's no sin in our life, when we live righteously. Well, and and that's a great point, what you, what you were getting at. I, I kind of want to be mindful, folks, as we are looking into the Word of God uh, he mentioned uh, that we are looking at this uh, not in a in not in a uh, a vacuum where this this is not compared with other scripture. The Bible tells us that all our our righteousness is as filthy rags. So we have the righteousness of Christ. It's been imputed to believers. But what we are speaking of is being a channel, a channels only, as the old hymn says, "Blessed Master, that Thy power flow through us." And, and, and what we're trying to do is, is be a vessel unto honor. And even in another passage, it says that our prayers would be hindered if we're not, we're not dealing right, if husbands aren't dealing right with their, their wives. So our prayers can be hindered is what I'm trying to, to nail, nail down. And what he's saying here is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, making sure that we are right before God and we have a short sit account. We also see that he says Elias was a man of a man subject to like passions as we are. He was human. He was frail. He he had problems too. And if we know that Elijah right here in this passage, who he's referring to, he was discouraged, deeply discouraged, led down to the brook Cherith. 
the the raven had brought the meat the 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 brook there brought had water and it says and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain so talking about effective prayer you're talking about a man who had lived a life that having same passions as we are, he, he got distracted too. He got discouraged too. He had problems too. Yet regardless of how you see this passage, and I want to get to this, and I want to be very succinct with this, folks. In this passage, whether you're speaking a physical restoration or a spiritual restoration, God is the God who answers prayer. And Elijah had problems. Job had problems. But regardless of what example you're you're looking at, the only one that didn't have problems was Jesus. He was tempted as in all ways like as we are, yet without sin. And it says, and he prayed again and that in heaven gave rain. And what a great encouragement that God is a God that answers prayer. Verse 19, it says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, in one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. Now, this is a mouthful, but let's kind of break it down. He says, brethren or friends or family of God, if any of you have gotten off track, if your physical malady or your spiritual malady has brought you to a place to where you've kind of gotten off the beaten path and you're no longer being faithful, You've erred from faithful living, and one convert him, one person come alongside and and pray and and win him back and bring him back into the fold. This isn't talking about a re-salvation, if you will, or someone being saved again. This is not what this is referring to. This is talking about bringing someone back into a right standing with God. Yeah, and there are some errors that if we take these things down this road, maybe it's just a little mistruth and we misapply the Bible and we don't take it in context, and then we take that a little further and take that a little further, we can get into a dangerous situation. And that's why God has called us to the local church, that we would help one another. No man was saved to be an island. We are not meant to just, hey, I don't have to go to church. I just, If I just stay with my walk with God, I'll be okay. That is it is awesome to have a walk with God, but we often need other believers around us to see those blind spots that we don't see ourselves. And so we need people to be praying for us. You should be asking for people to be praying for you at church and be open with the things that you're struggling with or the the afflictions, the the sicknesses, even the mental and the the physical things. Ask for prayer because with this multitude of people walking towards God with one another and trying to legitimately help each other and love each other, we can correct each other from errors. If, we, if somebody starts straying, we can help them through prayer and also just being that local church that God called us to be. In, in Psalm 77, I was reminded as you were talking about this, Psalm 77, uh, we see the Psalm of Asaph here. He says, I remembered God in verse 3. And was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah, thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the, the days of old, the years of ancient times. I called to remembrance my song in the night. And I communed with my own heart and my spirit was diligent, uh, made diligent search. Now, verse number seven is where I want to get to. Will the Lord cast off forever? 
Will he be favorable no more? Verse number 19 here in James 5, he says, if you do err from the church, have you ever, or err from the truth, have you ever been so discouraged that you've lost focus of who God truly is? The psalmist here is saying in, in 77, he says, he says, will the Lord cast me off forever? Has he forgotten about me? Now, I can't be the only one. Maybe I'm just the only carnal one here, but the truth is, is that all of us face discouragement from time to time, and sometimes our eyes get off of the truth of who God is. And this is what he's referring to, that we need the, the local church, we need believers who are faithful, who are mature, and young person, if you're listening to this, find yourself a faithful, seasoned Christian who has been saved and been studying the word of God for some time and find them as a mentor. Find someone who can be an encouragement and an accountability to you and know this, that when you get off the track and your mind is not where it needs to be, it says, uh, he that converted the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. I want somebody to come along and help me get back on the right path and get back where I need to be. And so as we're coming to a close today, do you have someone to go to? Do you have that mentor, that friend that brings you back from the air of your ways? As we come to a close of this book of James, if you just now joined us, would you go back to the beginning and go through the study? It's so applicable. It's so practical, but also it's great truth that will help us live for Jesus in the day in which we live. As we are coming up uh, on the coming days, I am excited about the next study that we're doing. I just want to give a little plug to this. We are getting ready to study for the next few times together, uh, probably about a week or two, about how to overcome strongholds. Maybe you're struggling with addictions. Maybe you're struggling with a specific sin. Could I give you some practical helps on how we can overcome, how we can live victoriously in the Bible? Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. I look forward to jumping into the next time together. Is any among you afflicted? Well, we're getting ready to come up on this next study together, and it's called Deliverance. Do you want deliverance? Join us next time on The Daily Dig. I hope you were encouraged by the Word of God today and challenged to dig deeper on your walk with the Lord. It is my prayer that you find strength each day digging deeper into God's Word. If you're looking for more resources, you can find them on thedailydig.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to the next time on The Daily Dig.